Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Hadass Kuznets at Bartram's Garden here in Philadelphia with Leslie Gale. She's education manager at the garden. She's also site coordinator for the Bartram's Garden portion of the Philadelphia Honey Festival. This year the festival takes place September 7th, 8th, and 9th, which is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, uh, Leslie, give us kind of an overview of the Philadelphia Honey Festival. Well, it's three days, three different sites. All of it really focused on the importance of our pollinators, and especially honeybees. It's run in partnership with the Philadelphia Beekeepers Guild, Glenford on the Delaware, the Wick Historic Site, and Bartram's Garden. It's a partnership. So let's break it down. What's happening on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the 7th, 8th, and 9th of September? On Friday, September 7th at Glenford on the Delaware, at the Wick on Saturday, September 8th, and at Bartram's Garden on Sunday, September 9th, you can see similar things. Honey extractions, open hive demonstrations where you can actually see inside of a hive, and then all three sites will have different kinds of children's activities. Some sites will have music. There will be vendors of all kinds, both people selling beautiful handmade crafts and folks selling things that are related to honey and bees and beeswax, all their products. There will also be a lot of educational things. Here at Bartram's, we have three speakers. Kirk Waddles will be talking about invasive insects that we're dealing with here right now in Philadelphia. Sam Torres, one of my favorite beekeepers, will be talking about the history of of beekeeping, not just historically, but cross-culturally. And then we have Kim Douglas coming in talking about the creation of a pollinators corridor for Philadelphia. How many years has this been happening? Eight. So this is the eighth year? I believe so. And how has the festival evolved? How has the festival evolved? There are definitely more visibility. We're getting more people. We're getting more folks interested in beekeeping, not just sort of the nuts and bolts of, I want to have a hive in my backyard, but I don't want to have a hive in my backyard, but I think I want to create more habitat for bees and for other pollinators that are here in the county. So people are actually thinking more about what kinds of plants they can grow, even if it's just pots in front of their houses. I think it's just developing a lot more awareness about the importance of pollinators for our food and just the importance of them to the habitat in general. What's the number one takeaway from this festival? I'd say the number one takeaway is that honeybees are absolutely essential to our food security. They're absolutely essential to agriculture. I think the second takeaway, because there is a second one, is that they're just very, very cool animals. Now, there there have been reports in the past few years about uh, honeybees being on the cusp of extinction. Mm. Do we need to be scared to death over that? I think we should be concerned. There are, um, as you read the research, there are good things that come out and bad things. Certainly all of our pollinators, not just the honeybees, but I think our wild native bees, our butterflies, there are definitely things that are pushing them to the edge. So everything that we can do to protect them, whether it's creating a pollinator corridor, um, creating a uh, microhabitat in your backyard to help them. I think anything that we do is helpful to protect those creatures. And what can we do? 
I think creating space for them, creating um, places where they can find forage, so planting a variety of flowers that are going to attract those guys. I think not using pesticides, not using pesticides and herbicides. Those are brought back into the hive, and the research that I saw says that even things that you think are not going to affect insects, like herbicides, fungicides, are brought back into the hive, and they affect the entire climate within the hive. So I think more of an emphasis on organic agriculture and just simply creating more green open space for pollinators is really important. Is there a culture of people that love bees and beekeepers in the Philadelphia area? There is. And I think it's larger than the Beekeepers Guild, though the Beekeepers Guild, of which I am a member, is certainly an important part of that. I think folks are starting to become a lot less afraid of bees. I think for a long time, bees were frightening. They're going to sting me. I'm going to die. If you have an allergy, of course, that's very, very dangerous. But I think more people are learning to appreciate bees in particular, I think other insects kind of in general. People are getting over their fear of them. Have you noticed that paradigm shift over the past couple of years? Absolutely. I think part of it has been more media coverage of them, and I think also, frankly, They've had a lot of really good advocates making them seem a little bit more friendly. I think people are getting over some of their fear of insects and bees and wasps in particular, which is nice. What do we need to know about honey? (laughs) Honey is delicious. Honey is this wonderful byproduct from pollination that uh, is used, obviously, to feed the bees in the hive. We also can cook with it. It's an amazing source of sugar. Uh, You shouldn't eat too much of it, of course, because it is sugar, but it's awfully tasty. One of the things that you will be able to to do at all three sites is that members of the Beekeepers Guild will be selling their own local honey so that you can taste and then maybe purchase honey that's from flowers that might actually be in your neighborhood. How does honey differ across different beekeepers? Honey changes the flavor based on what the bees were foraging. So let's say you have bees that have been foraging in a large farm and they've been foraging on a particular kind of uh, orchard tree. That honey's going to have a very particular taste from that tree. I grew up in Florida where orange blossom honey is a big deal. It's got a very particular taste of the orange blossoms. If you get Bartram's wildflower honey, that's going to have a really different taste because it's going to be from sunflowers and roses and verbena. It's going to be everything that was growing here during the season. It's going to have a very unique character. Every honey has a character based on the flowers that those bees were foraging from. So the honey tastes like what the bees have eaten. Yeah, absolutely. What's the most fascinating thing about bees? The fact that they're an entire organism that's made up of thousands of individuals. The entire hive is an organism within itself. I think all the social insects are interesting, but bees are really incredible. The workers, the queen, I mean, even the drones are kind of interesting. You know, the drones have a role. So I just think the whole social organism of the bees is really fascinating. What can we learn from bees? The workers actually rule the hive. The workers actually have a great deal of power within the hive. I think that's an interesting takeaway. There's a lot of power in work? There's a lot of power uh, among the workers, if they're organized, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think think bees just are interesting. They're great creatures. Maybe it's because I'm an environmental educator, so I teach creatures all the time. I also like that relationship between the plants and the insects. It is so 
close. You don't get fruit without pollination, and therefore you need those insects. And in some cases, those relationships are very, very close. There is only one insect that might pollinate this kind of tree, or maybe just a couple of insects that will pollinate this tree. And so those relationships between particular species of plants and particular species of insects have very closely evolved. And that's fascinating, too. What do you hope people get out of the Philadelphia Honey Fest this year? I hope that folks will leave the Philadelphia Honey Festival excited about bees, maybe deciding that they want to try beekeeping. It's a lot of fun. And they kind of leave the summer feeling a little bit sweeter. What can you tell us about beekeeping? It sounds a little, I don't know, dangerous? It's not dangerous at all. I've been keeping bees for about five years. It's a lot of hard work. It requires really a lot of attention. And I think maybe it does require a little more attention than folks might have thought. You know, it's kind of like, well, they're, they're, they do their thing, right? Well, we're sort of shaping that environment for them. So we really do have to help them and we have to monitor them and kind of help them along. So it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding when you harvest your first honey. That's the most amazing experience. So people beekeep for the honey, right? Because Mm -hmm. otherwise the bees can just do their own thing. The bees can just do their own thing. They might have a hive in an empty tree, a hollow tree, or something like that. But we're really keeping bees in order to pollinate crops. You know, I mean, certainly beekeeping can go on a very grand scale, just the way agriculture can go on a very grand and very large scale. But I think the hobbyist, the local, especially the urban beekeeper, is kind of doing a couple of different things. They're managing this livestock, if you will. They're managing this this creature in order to take advantage of its pollination services. Maybe they also have an urban garden or there's an urban farm that they're helping. And then also they're harvesting that honey. How far do bees pollinate? What I've always read is that they'll go as far as two miles. Oh. So they'll travel pretty far. So that so whatever plants are in the two mile radius is what's gonna be in your honey. Probably, yes. Anything interesting we need to know about the Philadelphia Honey Festival this year? There's going to be a lot of very exciting vendors. There's going to be a lot of exciting learning happening at all three sites and uh, some very fun children's activities at all three sites. Once again, tell me the names of all three sites. September 7th, Glenford on the Delaware. September 8th, the Wick Historic House and Farm. September 9th, Bartram's Garden. Where can we get more information about the Philadelphia Honey Festival? At any of the websites for the three sites and at phillyhoneyfestival.com. All right, Leslie Gale is Education Manager at Bartram's Garden. She's also the site coordinator for the Bartram's Garden portion of the Philadelphia Honey Festival, which takes place this year, September 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 